One Media World, World Radio. What up, Detroit? This is the One Media Radio Show, and we're about to take flight, and we're going to be in the air for two hours or more today because the subject is so important. Today, we're going to play a speech by Dr. Claude Anderson as he talked to the Black Chamber of Commerce about why Black America is in the same position that it has been for the last, what, 100 years? It's important that we understand. And he said something so key in this, and it was... The mere reason I have to tell you to support black people should tell you that we have a problem. I'm going to let him speak. She said, but whenever you come to our church and give speeches, she said, it just grates and goes to the bone to us. And I said, why? She said, because as a white person in, in Price's church, we don't want to hear about racial issues. She said, hurts us. Or most of my friends who are white, we don't want to come to church on the Sunday mornings when you're going to talk about racial issues. She said, I said, but don't you know black folk have a problem? She said, yes, I know they got problems. We can see how badly they live. I said, but don't you want us to address those issues? She said, no, not really. I said, what you want then is for black folk to suffer in silence. That's about it. She said, yeah, in a way. So I found out at that point that nobody really wants to hear about black problems.
I'm going to ask you to humbly forgive me in case if I offend you or hurt your feelings. And I want to ask you to do something for me in return. I want each and every one of you that is non-black in here to lift yourself outside of your skin, outside of your race. And for once say, I'm going to listen to some issues that speak specifically, directly to black folk and their problems. I'm going to do what nobody has done. It's not politically correct in this country to talk about black people and black issues. Nobody wants to hear about it. That's why you can have black studies in any school. Nobody wants to hear about black folks' problems. That's what, keep it low, keep it quiet. Let's pretend that they don't exist. And so today I'm gonna ask all my non-black participants in this audience to please do me a favor and, and lift yourself out and just listen today and accept what I say. If you disagree with me and you have some objection to what I say and you feel offended, I apologize. But I don't want any of you to jump up and run home and say, I'm leaving, walking out because he said boo-boo. I don't want you to do that, but, I'm a, but we got problems in the black community and across black America. And when I speak about black issues and white issues, I'm not speaking about hate. I don't want black people to think that you should go out, they should go out and hate anybody. I don't want whites to think that blacks, by addressing black issues, that somehow black folks getting ready to attack you and become all terrorists against you. What I'm saying right now is we got major problems, and that's why that's why Don Williams asked me to be the speaker today. He says, come to this, our first meeting of our, our Black Chamber of Commerce and do two things for me. Primarily, address the state of black America. And two, give us some ideas and some hints that we can uh, put possible solutions for solving some of our problems in this city and in the country. I'm going to try to do that. And I'm going to start out first by telling you this. You cannot solve a problem. You can solve no problems on this earth unless you first of all understand the history of the problem. The first thing you do as a doctor, when a patient comes into your office, say, what is the history of the problem? Is it peculiar to your family or to your group or to your race? You're black and we gotta go back to the history of it so you fully understand the nature of the problem. You have been misled and bamboozled in this country now for all these years into what the problems are. You have not heard the real problems in this country as it pertains to race. You're gonna hear it today if you say it and don't walk out and get mad and get angry and say he's talking about boo-boo. Here's the problem, that historically in this society, black folk have not moved one iota than when they were in 1860 on the eve of the Civil War. In, in, in a comparative pro proportional term, black people are exactly where they were on the eve of the Civil War.
show ain't Narnia. Like once you cross the line, you can't change your mind. Yeah, I'm a monster, but I'm no Frankenstein. And quite frankly, I've been feeling insane in between my eyes. I really can't explain what I feel inside. If you knew what I was, you'd run and hide. Really, you've tried to go into the night and cross over the line and come back alive. But that's the price we pay in when we live in I brought you roses just to sweep you off your feet. Oh, there'll be plenty of time for us to make love. But how about first we celebrate what's up? How does this sound? The city is ours. Let's take it downtown to your favorite spot. Don't try to hide your smile. Let's go.
300,000 black people that were free in this country are quasi-free, having come out of slavery. And that was out of 5 million black folk. And that 300,000 black people had mysteriously and miraculously accomplished and, and acquired one half, one half of 1% of this nation's wealth. Now here you are 150 years later and black people still only have and own one half of 1% of the nation's wealth after 150 years. Also on the Civil War, Eve, 1860, we had black people right all over the country, that 300,000 spread out, that was holding quasi-free. I looked at the employment rolls. Almost 100% of all those blacks were working in someone's house, someone's plantation, enriching and bright, providing comfort for them. Here we are, 150 years later. 67% to 69% of all black people in America are working at some level of government. Another 26 or so percent of that, 27% is working in white corporations. Only 2% of the blacks in America are working in their own community for their own people. The unemployment rate in America for black folk is over 50%. When you hear them talking about the unemployment rate in America, they're talking about two things, those individuals who are looking for jobs or those who are collecting unemployment compensation. We have an institutionalized bunch of blacks in America that are no longer in the workforce. That's why five years ago, when Obama was running for office, they were talking about the unemployment rate in America was 16%. At that time, the national unemployment rate for black folk was 35%. It was 48% in Detroit, Michigan, 48% in Baltimore, 49% in Pittsburgh, 52% in New York, 88% for black youth. Now, what does that mean for you in terms? There's only three things that any given individual can do to earn a living in our society. They either work up here and have a business or they have a job. They can't, don't have that. They must move down to the second level. When you move down to the second level, you must go on welfare or food stamps or some kind of public assistance. If conservatives come along and knock you off of that, you must go to the third level. You must steal, go into crime. Every individual must either work, Go on welfare or steal, an elaboration, a combination, or sophistication, those three things. You can't do anything else unless you evaporate and disappear. We live in a society that won't understand it, don't want to play games about it, about how you're going to solve the unemployment problem. You cannot solve the unemployment problem until you go back and address the real issues. Yo, Jinx, man, we got to find somebody that's down for hers, man. All these girls sipping, man. Who you think fit the category? It's me, the brand new intelligent black woman, Y-O-Y-O, which is Yo-Yo. But I'm not to be played like I was made by Mattel. But this show, yo was made by woman and male. I'm all about a bright love in the water. Feel like I'm superior to handle any male, any time, any rhyme, any flow, and any show. Yo. 
One Media World, World Radio. Radio. Yeah. Yo, Smurf. I want to take it back, baby. Go way back. Uh-huh. This was for you, Swole. Yeah. This place is jumping. I'm feeling ready. The lights are dancing. Climbing sexy 
Venetian blind, four years and like wine, you got final with time. I got a question. If the Prada dressing and the Gucci all got ghosts and the freeze on the Lucci, I mean real bad, girl. I'm talking rougher than rough. Do you think it'd be enough if we just had us? Don't answer quick, think about it, cause I'm asking for real. Gold diggers gonna hear the song driving and crash at the wheel. Forever is a long time. So far, we getting along fine. No car I ever drove, no ice I ever saw, no music I ever made, ain't nothing I wanted more. We could deal with whatever together, sunshine or that other weather, when we chasing forever. Uh. Seems. Are we pursuing something real or just chasing a dream of casing the scene? For I die, I plan to see us holding eternity in the palm of our hands. Now as a man, it's certain things I'm lacking for sure. But I'm committed to growing and coming at you mature. And in the future, I know it ain't gonna be all good. But when we feeling the hurt, if we willing to work, the eight ball will never turn to see us behind. Though I ain't no knight and 
and my armor don't shine. My mom said the linchpin of love is trust and taught me monogamy is a monogamous plus for you. Then to buy candlelight. Now don't commit before you show you understand me right. It's a race to a strange place. Most see never. It's a chase we got to make together forever. All my heartbreaks, I be cruel, hiding behind my ego, evil, but no, much the contrary, I'm very much certain, you searching for joy, it's on the other side of hurting, finally found a person, worthy of all, instead of pushing me down, you want to cushion my fall, your eyes can make the sun rise, overbursting, seal it with a kiss, find it with a ring, more carrots than even bugs could eat in a week, and the ripping in the sky, close your eyes, don't peek, I'll tell you what I see in the future. A high hacienda so cute with five little kids calling you mom and calling me dad Having more good times than JJ had Judging by the look in your eyes, you see it Let no man sever, welcome to forever I thought this was an important subject, so I just wanted, you know, my young black men, my young black women, people, just look at the last 150 years of what we've been doing and try to come up with a solution. But we're too busy protesting, getting mad about things. We haven't even thought about economically setting ourselves up so we can effectively combat some of the things that we're going through. And I think Dr. Claw Anderson has been putting it so well right now that I can't, you know, I can't match what he's saying, but maybe you should hear it from somebody else. And that's why I got this speech running for the remainder of our two hours. I'm going to let him speak so he can tell you the rest. Now, what are the real issues again back in 1860? You don't own and control enough wealth. Why? Because you see, slavery did not happen to black folk by accident. It was inflicted on them intentionally to do something. What it was inflicted on blacks to do? It was intentionally inflicted on blacks to maldistribute almost 100% of all this nation's wealth, power, resource, businesses, income, and controls of all levels of government. That was the point of slavery. It has never been corrected or addressed. All of a sudden, when black folk came out of slavery in 1865, what, how did they come out? They came out penniless, poor. No food, no animals, no land, no resources, no tools, no religion, no organization, nothing. All they were told is go out now, you're free. Go out and compete. Compete with what? They said, well, you can, uh, you can jump high and run faster. Black folk had nothing coming out of slavery to compete with and to play the game. Because, you see, slavery has systematically, socially engineered them into the lowest level of a real-life monopoly game. And see, prior to, to, to the end of the Civil War, the greatest wealth builder in this nation was the back of a slave. That's what built the wealth of the society. Wall Street was set up and established and regulated off of the price and the value of a slave. Cotton prices, indigo prices, tobacco prices, all followed the value of a slave. When slavery ended, the whole process shifted to the back of a slave. At the end of slavery, it shifted to Wall Street. And those became commodities then. And when, it, when, the, when the wealth building in this nation shifted from the back of a slave to Wall Street, they set up a new game. It was called Monopoly. Now, and what black folk have been systematically lowered into is a real-life Monopoly game. 
Now, the Monopoly game is based on some primary concepts. One is that you must be able to all sit down at the table and everybody's supposed to get a fair share of the money. Once you get a fair share of the money, then you got a right to go around the table and try to buy land. But you want to buy the most valuable land and the best location of the land. Or you take your money and you buy basic businesses in, in the monopoly game, like a water company, electric company, and the railroad line. But you see, when black folk, when they got out of slavery, they did not get their 40 acres and a mule, nor the $100. And see, the, the Republican, uh, radical Republicans, the liberals in the Republican Party at that time, said, and that was Benjamin, Thaddeus Stevens, and Sumner said on the floor of the United States Congress, that there's only going to be one thing that black folk will ever be in America. They're either going to be slaves or they're going to be free. But they cannot be free unless minimally they have 40 acres, a mule, and $100. But they didn't get it. But by then they were trapped into a real life monopoly game. So now what blacks are doing are going around the real life, going around the real life board, trying to play real life monopoly with no money, no wealth. And all they do is go around the board to hope they land on free park or income tax refund. <laughs> and if you play that way, as sooner or later playing that real life game, you're gonna land what? On the wrong person's property and you're either going to go to jail or go broke and get out of the game.
One Media World Radio.
150 years has passed and we're still on the same level that we've been in slavery. This is sad, okay? This is sad. But we need to know what we need to do to get in the game a little bit. So this is the first hour, but we'll come back on the second hour and play more of what Dr. Claude is talking about. This is the One Media Radio Show with your host, Juan Johnson, and we're on flight for the next hour and we'll be back after this. One Media World World Radio. Radio. 